episode 127 of the Customer Support Leaders podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. This week, we're talking about support's relationship to the product team. So stay tuned for five leaders talking about that very topic. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast this week, Craig Stoss. Craig, it's lovely to have you back. And we are talking about support's relationship to product. Yeah, thanks for having me, Charlotte. So what, what do you think of this relationship then? Is it, is it a, uh, a situation where product, a product is created and it's thrown over the fence and support is expected to deal with it? I mean, I think that's how a lot of companies operate, but I, I, think, I don't think that's how it should, right? I think if you're going to try to drive um, a real customer-centric product, uh, a product that is, is very supportable, uh, very easy to use, a, a, you know, a desirable user experience, you have to have more of a symbiotic relationship between product and support. What do you think that looks like then? Can, can you describe to me what you mean by symbiotic? So it starts with support getting their own house order. And by that, I mean, through the, through the gathering of customer tickets and, and, and customer feedback, making sure that the right knowledge base articles are created, maybe the right guidance videos are created, understanding where the trip points are in your product, um, and just getting that, that kind of data set ready and that knowledge ready to share. Once you have that, you can go to product and say, okay, we need to build a, a, a tool, a product that the customers can use uh, effectively and be able to support those customers in line when they're actually working in real time. And that might mean, for example, embedding support uh, articles through your product or using a third-party tool to embed walkthroughs or videos or knowledge content directly in your app. It could mean embedding chat for support inside your app directly if it, you know, if it, if it suits it. The, um, but the idea is that you work with product to make sure that the tool is easily uh, supported and that the customer who's using your tool can get support easily through it. Once that piece is done, once the tool is, is set up for support uh, to, to function and the customer to gain that support, the next step is that support can then feed in important product data back into the product organization to improve the overall offering. And that's what I mean by symbiotic is that product can improve uh, based on support feedback and support data, while support can improve because the product is set up to be supported. Right. So it becomes a a kind of positively reinforced circle, right? It's a positive positive spiral. Is that what I mean? Absolutely. Like if the customer has an easier way to send feedback into, into your company and typically through a front door like support or success, then that makes it easier to then improve the product uh, because the, you have the data in real time. You have that feedback, that voice of customer um, feedback. And you can be really reactive, can't you, with some of that data? Uh, as, your, as your customers interact with your product, even beyond just giving them a portal to support and support information and more contextual information and, uh, and education within product, you can do quite a lot if your product team is set up for it, you can do quite a lot with matching your support data to how your customers are using the product, right? So you can spot trends in that kind of data as well if you're able to track actions with the product. Absolutely. The, you know, I think that when you release a new feature, especially in the SaaS world, the, the feedback is, is almost instantaneous. The, 
you know, you'll see a, a, a spike in, in caseloads. Um, uh, you'll see um, you'll see customers getting into your chats or or um, coming through your knowledge base, looking for details on something if your knowledge base is embedded correctly. Um, those those things happen pretty instantaneously in in the SaaS world. Um, now your tools might have to be set up to collect that, and I think that's where things like ticket tagging, um, you know, AI, natural language processing come in. Um, there's a, a several good tools that overlay uh, a SaaS product that allows you to measure different clicks and and, and flows of, of customers. So if you're expecting a customer to go, you know, uh, click a, button A, button B, and then button C, but you discover they're clicking A, B, and D for some reason. Uh, disproportionate to what you would expect, then you can start to say, well, maybe there's a user experience problem. Maybe the UI isn't intuitive. Uh, maybe maybe the the workflow itself doesn't make sense. We misunderstood the customer's desires. Um, but those are all things that um, the product needs to be set up for to then reinforce that loop, uh, as you said earlier, uh, and that spiral of of uh, of getting that feedback in real time into product. Mm-hmm. And it does rely on the the correct tooling. I mean, I, I'm not uh, uh, fully full transparency here. I, I currently am employed by a company that that it does a great um, deal in this area of pulling data from multiple sources. And I think this this relationship between product and support is one that is just ripe to be data mined in that sense. And and probably some from some other customer touch points with the organisation as well. But but that thing you said there, I mean. Tagging, I think, is a really huge part of this. And uh, I think if you set up a, a, a well-thought-through tagging taxonomy in your support tool, I think that's just a big way to make to easing all of these conversations around product and, and support's relationship to product, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's one reason why what I think that um, you know, many customers approach tagging from some sort of... Um, almost like a preset list. You know, here are the 10 high-level features of the product. Here are the, maybe each have four or five sub-features. I don't, I don't think that's really the way to go because I don't think that tells you enough information to make educated decisions. Um, at a previous company, I implemented a process where um, we had five categories of tags and those weren't set. They were free-form text, uh, which, you know, does have its own problems as far as, you know, um, you know duplication or spelling errors or things like that. And, and I admit that. But having those five categories were things like what object is being worked on? Was it, uh, you know, what was the action? Was it an edit? Was it a, was it a, uh, was it a create? Um, what, uh, what page specifically within the application was it on? There were, there were these five categories and we agreed as a team that the standard that would be QA'd when we did our ticket QA was that you had to have at least one tag from at least three categories. And and that was a, a way of, of being able to go to um, go to a development team, go to a product team, and say, "Listen, we know that on page, you know, this page, the you know, the widget page, um, the creates have a high level of ticket load, and we don't know necessarily why. We'd have to dig into that data to tell you, but we can tell you an action and a location, um, as opposed to maybe that high level feature um, that that is preset in stone and maybe not d- directly." Um, uh, directly related to the problem itself. That's amazing. I'm going to think about whether I can make that work in-house <laughs> right now. <laughs> we're, we're about to embark on that huge tagging audit right now, and I think it's probably a good place to start. Um, it Just even if you don't tie platforms together, 
just having that level and, and being able to have that type of conversation is really powerful with product. I'm going to go and have a look at that. Well, and I, th- I mean, I hope you do. And, and, and I'm happy to talk more about it when you do. <laughs> um, but the, I think you, you hit on something there. It's a, it's a conversation with product, right? I think, again, um, one of your first comments was about throwing, you know, the product over the wall to support it. And, and, and that's really just a, a bad way to work. You know, there has to be constant communication. It, you know, support arguably talks to the customer more frequently than any other team. Um, and if they, even if they don't talk to the customer than any other team, they have probably more data about the customer in real time than any other team. And um, I would argue as a product organization, you should be clamoring for that data. Um, you should be actually influencing what your tags look like. You should be influencing how that, that data is presented, whether it's in some sort of weird pie chart or some sort of textual background. You should be part, probably paying for part of the budget for your natural language processors because they, they aid the product team just as much as the support team. Um, it, it's that type of thing that I, I really do believe that if you have the right leaders in place and the right um, um, customer-centric policies in place, then, then you can actually really improve both your product and service in, in a, in a um, as you said, a spiral in a never-ending uh, loop because it, it's self-fulfilling. That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 127 for the show notes. And I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.